Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. This is the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. And before we get started into uh, episode 178 with Danny Lee, I just want to, uh, again, wish you all a Happy New Year. And I just want to say uh, thanks for everything, for listening uh, to uh, the podcast in what was a very challenging uh, year in 2020 uh, that we had here uh, across the globe, regardless of uh, you know what we're talking about, but uh, in terms of squash, it's uh, been particularly uh, challenging. Uh, the game has uh, almost come to a standstill. A few events here and there, some squash here and there, uh, at the pro level and at the recreational level. But uh, let's hope 2021 uh, gets us back uh, on court uh, in more the way that we want to be. It's been a tough year, uh, but uh, we keep on fighting and we're going to keep on pushing forward so that we can get back on court and playing this game that we all love. Uh, And today on episode uh, 178, Danny Lee uh, is with us and he's going to lay out uh, the Pro Squash Challenge, which is going on at uh, his club at St. George's Hill. Of course, Danny Lee uh, is the man behind uh, the scenes there at the Channel Bass event. He's the one who runs that pro event every year. He's the man uh, behind the squash and I think tennis as well at St. George's Hill uh, there. And he's put together uh, the Pro Squash Challenge, which is a series of one-off matches that players uh, uh, play for some prize money. Uh, there are a few sponsors there, and uh, they don't split the prize money. They're, the winner gets uh, maybe 60% of the the, the money and the loser for, uh, the remaining and it's something that uh, he's come up with and he's still uh, it's still in the developing uh, stages it's got some traction now and it's growing and uh, the likes of I think Tom Richards, Daryl Selby uh, Charlie and Joe Lee, uh, Danny Sons uh, on the women's side you've got uh, uh, Jasmine Hutton, Allison Waters amongst others uh, it's starting to grow a bit and it's, uh, it's something that uh, hopefully uh, catches on even more uh, especially given uh, that there isn't much pro squash going on at the moment. So uh, players obviously need something to keep them going uh, in terms of uh, remuneration as well as uh, keeping them uh, playing at a high level. But uh, particularly if this can uh, take off at a larger scale, this is going to be something that could uh, add to uh, the squash being played uh, that isn't uh, at the moment. And uh, uh, Danny and I uh, lay that all out uh, here on the podcast as uh, Danny talks about how the Pro Squash Challenge came about, what it is, how it's gone so far, and uh, what he envisions for the future and what uh, the possibilities are uh, across the globe in terms of something that's uh, similar to this. So we're looking forward to, to hopefully uh, seeing more uh, squash challenges down the road. Another sort of iterations of it uh you know there there are other possibilities as well that uh that uh we discuss here on the pod and then also we talk about uh, a bit about the pro game that that uh you know we saw a bit of pro squash there at the end of the year and we take uh, sort of a look back at the past and present as well uh, as uh 
maybe some of you know, Danny played at the pro level. He played in the era of the the cons, and he actually trained with uh, with Jancher uh, Con quite a bit. So we've got some uh, some stories, some anecdotes there from Danny about those uh, days gone by, and we compare a little bit about the uh, the personalities of the past and present. So I know you're going to enjoy this. Our first episode of uh, 2021, and again, I just want to say uh, to everyone who's been listening, thanks so much for your support over the year. It's been fantastic the podcast has grown a lot and we've had some uh, really uh, really great support across the board not only from our listeners but from our sponsor uh, active scout also i'd like to thank uh, squash player magazine who's been really supportive sport rages other sports media um uh, Fram uh, has been great at squash sites. She's uh, always uh, promoting the, the podcast, as has uh, the daily squashreport.com. They've been really fantastic. And uh, also, I just want to give a shout out to all the other squash uh, podcasters out there. Great job last year, guys and uh, ladies and gents. And let's keep it going, okay? So, uh, without further ado, now, uh, episode 178. It's a really good one with Danny Lee. <coughs> Hi, Jerry. Hey, Danny, how are you? Fine, thank you. Happy New Year. Are we doing uh, Happy New Year to you? Are we doing, this is just audio though we're doing it, are we? It's just audio, yeah. Just audio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good. uh, I mean, I've been thinking of uh, taking it to YouTube as some, there's some formats that uh, some podcasts have it going on YouTube and uh, the audio as well, but uh, they'll just keep it. You're just recording the audio. I just record uh, the podcast, and then if any editing is necessary, maybe a Wi-Fi issue or something like that, I can get in and edit it. But generally, just uh, whatever happens, happens, and it goes up. Cool. Into the, the cool. blogosphere, yeah. <laughs> the blogosphere, I like that one. Because <laughs> last time, I don't think we we went, we didn't actually see each other, did we? I can't. Yeah, I don't think we we did. I mean, obviously, I've seen uh, you know with squash uh, stories and the you know the the squash uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. We get I get to see you every now and then. You you had a nice uh, yeah nice YouTube I think introduction of the uh, the pro squash challenge, which you put up. Uh, I think it's on your LinkedIn page as well, which is pretty cool. But yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. But uh, before we get started, how how did you spend uh, New Year? You know how I spent my New Year. Holy yeah, well, I'm, I'm so glad you're all right, by the way. Yeah, that, that was, um, I mean, I just gotten the message. I was about ready. Actually, we were about ready to have our, our episode, and I had a bottle of, yeah. you know, I was going to have a little bottle of whiskey there and uh, pour a glass of, you know, uh, whiskey and, and toast uh, the new year to you. Uh, and then suddenly I get, get that message uh, from oh. my buddy there, and, and uh, oh, everything just changed. Because uh, uh, my yeah. wife today, she flew. She had plans to go to uh, Korea. Fly to wow. Korea. So we just we had to. Make is she is, is that business or is she Korean or? She's Korean and uh, yeah. and our brother in law unfortunately uh, passed away, so she had to go back. Uh-huh. Yeah, but everything, uh, you know, we all we got some quick tests done, and uh, you know, I, I didn't really, I wasn't, you know, that we didn't really get that close and between yeah. and the, uh, from that time and uh, until the time when I found out that I was uh, that my friend 
that test the positive. So uh, anyways, that, that was my New Year's. Uh, I figured you got you might have a gig or something uh, lined up. Then. Oh, I thought about doing, funnily <laughs> enough, I thought about doing a Facebook gig, but I just stayed I, stayed quiet, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I kept it very, I've never been a big one on New Year. So. No, no, those uh, those days are long behind me for me as well. Uh, yeah. As soon as the kids sort of came into the equation, then uh, the big crazy New Year's <laughs> Eve bashes uh, were, were we've over. Ha- yeah, we've always, I, I far prefer to do a gig on that particular night. Yeah, so, mm. but I, I like going, I like socializing other times, but that's just that particular one. It's not my, not my biggie. <laughs> not your biggie, yeah, yeah. Uh. Well, uh, yeah, I didn't really, I, well, Anyways, Happy New Year, and uh, let's yeah, Happy New Year. I think what you're doing with uh, with squash is really you know it's it's great that you've been able to give some of the players in your neck of the woods something to play for, something to look forward to. Uh, obviously, uh, I've seen from what I've seen of the players, I think Jasmine Hutton, um, Daryl Sel- Selby's been uh, been on Facebook talking about it the Lee boys yep. uh, and others, uh, Tom Richards, uh, they're all <clears throat> really into it. But uh, give us a thumbnail, uh, if you don't mind, Danny. I mean, not, I know a lot of people are aware of what's going on, but maybe some people just uh, may not be. So, uh, you know, it's the Pro Squash Challenge. It's at your club. And it's I guess it's within the, the confines of what the protocol is for COVID in your area. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We stick to the covid protocol well i said about starting it because um the professional players weren't getting any games or any money mm. and several several of my friends and people at the st george's hill club offered to sponsor either individual players or individual matches in that so it just initially it, it was sort of my my sons joe and charlie lee and uh jazz hutton and tom richards because there are elite pros who were actually signed off covid wise to play um we're very happy to take challenges from all all comers and they don't have to be at st george's in fact i've had approaches from other clubs around the world where people would like to stage a challenge it's just uh, a lot easier to get two players together to play a challenge than it is to say have 32 or 48 or whatever for a main draw Mm event so during these covid times um it's certainly a good thing to to have and the idea is to establish uh, we've had nine matches so far but um to gradually establish a pecking order uh, mm. between the men and the women and then hopefully attract the lights of mohammed and marwan certainly well, they, the challenges they expressed in this, some interest this too, didn't they yeah uh, or they they, they, they de- definitely showed their support for it uh, at least from what i could see on twitter yeah Yes, certainly they're behind it and they'd love to get involved. And um, the, the, who else? Uh, well, Laura Massaro has been encouraging about it. Nick Matthew, very encouraging. He supported it. He may even get involved in a playing capacity as well. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. He, he'll be able to hit uh, the ground running, no doubt. Uh, and it actually, yeah. it suits, suits a sort of an ageing player because they haven't got to get themselves up for the whole tournament. They've just got to get themselves up for the one, the one match. And the one that off. could really yeah. suit. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that, that's something, you know, that I, I mean, I've thought about. Not, I, I'm not really sure exactly how yours works. So is it like, uh, like let's just say uh, Nick and Charlie uh, have a challenge match. Are there other challenge matches uh, on the same night or is it just a one match 
Is it like like? Well, a, I think that would be like the, I- the idea as we yeah as we get <laughs> as we get the challenge series established. That would be the idea to have it like boxing, where you've got an undercard and <laughs> uh, and the main bout, mm. uh, which you you promote. But um, when you have crowds and things, but at the moment um, it suits us just to have one match at a time. But that yeah. would certainly be the way going forward when you have crowds and the interest from sponsors. And, and also you've got two guys down at the club who say, right, I'll back Charlie if you back Tom. And <laughs> and that's right. how it, that's how it's been. There's almost been a bit of competitive sponsoring going on. And Or another guy said, right, I'll, I'll back the winner of... Um, Charlie and Tom to play Wilstrop or Deck James, you know, so that that's hmm. the way it's going at the moment. Down here in my, you know, in my preparation, I said, why not have something akin to what they do with, uh, with fighting or boxing? It's like, like a pay per view kind of thing, like where you get your, you get, you get your lineup. This, this is something maybe you think of down the road, but you get your lineup and you get, the likes of uh, Shurbaggy and you get the big names and you get the undercard and then people like uh, like me or people who aren't in your uh, neck of the woods uh, could pay, you know, a small amount to watch it and the proceeds would then there go to yeah. uh, the winners and whatnot. Yeah, heading at the moment we've done it in a kind of sort of unconventional but it's worked during the COVID times where we've actually not live streamed Partly because of the slightly iffy internet at St George's, mm. um, and yeah. you kind of hard a big, big like the TV companies do it. Um, and you know the club have got their firewall. It's actually been quite quite good to have it as a YouTube thing where nobody actually knows the result until you watch it. So it's it's right. meant we've had quite high viewing figures for a small for what was initially a small pro- project. I mean, Jazz and Ali Walters have had. 20,000 views um so and I, I just like a facebook and um just in two or three days facebook and youtube the uh the highlights videos had 10,000 views so it's it's obviously capturing a bit of imagination mm. no definitely i mean this is something kind of that could grow we, definitely what we need isn't it i mean i i just remember back when things yeah. first closed down and then there was a lull in the you know the lack of squash and then suddenly uh, Jonathan Power and uh, Diego Elias uh, put put up this uh, squash Saturday series of matches, which just everybody was just so excited about. Even even though you've got you know Power playing uh, De- Diego Elias, but uh, I mean a, a, an old guy against a uh, you know young world ranked player. Yeah. But uh, I mean it, it just captivated the the squash community, and I think that just goes to show that we're we're missing the game. I, I think. I think I think it's a brilliant idea, and obviously we're lucky at St George's because at least even if you're filming on a phone, um, you, you've got the capacity to record to a reasonable quality on the all glass core. And uh, I think that's our next thing: invest in some cameras and and really start to build it up a bit. Yeah. So so what is like what but, what is your vision? Uh, you broke up a little bit there earlier, so you might have you might have mentioned it, but. Uh, what is your vision now going forward? I mean, obviously you've got some traction now. The uh, people are interested in pro squat, the pro squash challenge. You've got a few, uh, you know, good players. You know, Jasmine's one of the definitely an up and coming uh, young player playing well. Allison's a household name, and then uh, on the men's, uh, you've got some good players as well. But what uh, what do you envision uh, this looking like? Uh, you know, we're not out of the, the, the woods vi- for sure. 
yeah. Yeah, the, the vision is to, um, as I said, bring the slightly higher ranked players in now at the next tier and mm. uh, feed the challenges in, um, hopefully get slightly bigger sponsorships for that. As I said, it doesn't have to be at St. George's. It can be anywhere in the yeah. in the world, really. And, and uh, as long as it as long as the people can actually get to their challenges. So I suppose the UK based side of the challenge will, um, will grow. I think there's going to be some, some challenges in the North going on and our winners will play their winners. Um, certainly, as I said, bringing the next tier in the sort of deck, James, Adrian Wallers, James Wilstrop, Nick Matthew, yeah. is, if he's up for it <laughs> in the men. And, and then, yeah. uh, well, he sees uh, not much uh, younger than Nick, is he? I mean, he sees Daryl in there, too. No, yeah, Daryl's still up for up for playing as well. As well, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's not so. It's not so much about age. I mean, but I think getting the I think getting the names and I could see Nick train actually training up for a one up one off match and doing really well. So, and yeah. he it might be the sort of sort of thing that he he quite fancies doing. And we always make sure we have an incremental difference for the winners and the losers, so there's no exhibition. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's a, that's really good because yeah, I mean, if you just set it up and say, okay, go ahead and, and play, then you know the the attraction isn't quite what it could be. But if you have a winner, you know, winner gets sixty or sixty percent of the purse, so to speak, then then there's something yeah, that, for everybody to play for. Yeah, that's roughly what we what we're doing. So the the loser gets well remunerated too, but. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the winner certainly does, and then they also then like in the certain matches that if a sponsor's then pledged, if somebody wins, they'll, they'll get to play Nick Matthew or something like that. Then, then you're talking. Everybody's happy then. Absolutely. Uh, I just realised I didn't plug in my super duper uh, microphone, so I'm gonna. The quality of my voice will come in a little better here in a second. I didn't even know we'd started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we started right away. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> we started at the beginning. I didn't know because last time we started at the beginning. We... That's the way I roll. I, I used to I think back when we had our first episode, you've been on once before, uh, as as we both know. And uh, I think I was a little more form. It was more, more of a formal approach I took back then. But now I've sort of... Uh, loosen the reins so to speak and we just sort of go with it from the beginning just sort of chat away yeah just sort of <laughs> chat away but uh you know i've got some paper in front of me and, and uh, some notes so not good that <laughs> <laughs> somebody knows what they're talking about then <laughs> yeah yeah no uh, definitely this is good stuff but uh you know just to, to what we were talking about earlier i mean there seem to be uh there seem to be pockets of where a lot of really good players kind of congregate there there you know obviously you've got your players there in St. George's and then Pontefract uh, has its uh, group of players um forget the name of the place where the Shabaggies tend to to play Bristol on. yeah that's right Bristol and then uh you go across the pond uh you've got Philadelphia Boston New York City you've got in Toronto you've got like Jonathan Power Diego might even be there uh, some top Canadian yep. uh, players, even European players, are playing there. You've got pockets of sort of Auxonne Provence there in France, uh, just about everywhere around the world. I mean, this seems like something uh, you know, given the you know the lack of tournaments that are out there right now, something that might be you know something that could take off. 
Yeah, certainly. There's no reason why like, you couldn't have a load of um, people playing within the pockets. And then when we all get back to normal, we can play the winners of each pocket, sort of each challenge can 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 play each other, each challenge pod, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess the, 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 Egyptian, little... the Egyptian pod would be quite uh, competitive, wouldn't it? absolutely i mean it's still the the problem is with it 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 take it still takes organization doesn't it Mm -hmm. somebody's actually got to put their foot on the ball and say right we're going to have this match here and we've got to go approach the sponsors and that so Mm -hmm. somebody's actually got to take ownership of it um and i've been quite lucky help helped on the kind of video side and the youtube side by charlie and the social media side so that that's yeah. taken some of the onus off. I mean, but, you, you've um, definitely laid you've laid the groundwork or, or, or presented a, a template. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, it's going to be difficult for for you to sort of you know get involved everywhere, right? Like like you say. <laughs> uh, yeah, all I can say, all I can say, people are getting in touch, and all I can say is, well, this is what you got to do. Um, and if you call it, if you bring it under our umbrella, obviously, um, hopefully, that will be a good thing for you and give it more credibility. I mean, I'm looking to get the at some point get the results ratified and make them mm. more official, official seeing as there's nothing else going on. And uh, Yeah. Well, do you have a rank? If you think there, about is there sort of a rankings of the, the matches or, or point system that you you have in place at it's, the moment? It's definitely what we're working on, but because it's so sponsor-led, mm. um, it's more like you, we, we're aiming to kind of get a title, a title holder, right. if you like, and then maybe introduce like an under 23 title holder as because we obviously we don't have weights in squash like they do in boxing but we, yeah, yeah. we would have different categories you know we could have right. a account you you could have an ontario title holder couldn't you or you could yeah, have you a could. yeah yeah you know all that all that sort of all that sort of stuff so that's, American that's the way to do it. or uh, you know eastern canadian champion uh, you know whatever it is yeah yeah all those sort of things and then you gradually go on to bigger and and better things i I, i've always liked the concept i'm i worked for a boxing promoter in the 80s called frank warren who um frank warren yeah he's yeah he's still that's tyson fury Fury (laughs) (laughs) well he he um yeah he he was quite interested in squash for a while in the 80s and i was about to put on a similar thing with jan chair and ditmar um aiming to put it in the Albert Hall. And uh, and then it, Frank got shot <laughs> oh. back then. So it was, yeah, so it was... Uh, he got so, shot. And that sort of put... He, it, yeah, and that was the end of that for, for, the, for the time okay. being, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, is that, that Frank Warren Sr. or is that the, the, still the same Frank Warren? Yeah, you, I think you're not... Mar- yeah, people might like Barry Hearn and his son and Frank... Frank Warren Sr. is still going, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whereas, yeah. yeah. Wow, well, that's great. I Still mean, a boxing promoter, right? I mean, that that's kind of uh, it's interesting because I, I I really think you know it's kind of outside the box, but I, uh, maybe like a pay per view kind of thing would be something that you know. Given, I mean, we want to, we'd love to see. Uh, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't everybody, uh, you wouldn't have to be in the same venue either, would you? I mean, you could no. have uh, you know. The headlining it, Gawad and uh, Dosecki be the headliner, and then you've got the undercard, you know, a couple of female matches, and then some of the, you know, lower guys, top ten, top twenty players, and, and you have a pay per view. You've got your sponsors, and then also uh, the paying customer 
uh, you know, whatever it is, something reasonable. People pay money to watch squash on squash TV. Uh, Absolutely, and you never, you, you never, you never know. You might. Um, oh, I've just lost the. Um, you never know. You might get a a big a big sponsor interested as well, mate. I mean, yeah. it's uh, in in a, in a, in an umbrella sponsorship could even get major TV company interested in the the concept as well. Yeah, you know, one-off squash as opposed to having to do a whole tournament. Uh, yeah, definitely. anyway, it's one of these things that if it if it takes off, I'm I'm happy. But if it doesn't, it's provided a service during the COVID times. And uh, so, what are the players? I mean, I, I mean, you get got. I mean, you've got uh, most of the players that are in it playing right now maybe with the exception of daryl but not even daryl as well i mean they're probably i guess all squash players are looking for a little bit of extra money on the on the side i'm, I'm sure this isn't you know it's not gonna you know they're not gonna get rich or anything but uh, what, what are their what are their thoughts uh, on on this initiative just oh everybody's been highly highly supportive um mm of it um daryl and i were we were talking about possible different tv ways of doing it um i've had conversations with other people about maybe experimenting with slightly different scoring especially if you were to get the rant uh, scoring main mainstream <laughs> t <laughs> well that 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 sort that's of a, thing that's I exciting mean, I, I, that that ram scoring yeah. i'll give it that that's for yeah. sure i mean it, there's a bit of a lottery aspect to it which is uh rammy one in a nutshell, Very, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, absolutely, some something like that. I'd probably have my own one up my sleeve. But um, yeah, I think that's. Uh, we did it with an international match a few years back. We did the Abinishio England v the rest of the world, and we that was a oh, yeah. team competition. We changed the scoring; it made it quite exciting. It was so exciting that no, not even the players knew what the score was. And, there, <laughs> right. and, there, and I think it was one hundred and eighteen all or something, and uh, everybody got a bit confused. <laughs> okay. Is this something that uh, has the PSA uh, reached out to you at all or uh, in, in support of uh, this or, you know, sort of something maybe? maybe well, just, I, yeah. I mean, obviously we're, we're backing PSA players and we're providing it something yeah. that possibly they can't at the moment. Um, but it, it went, in no way are we meant to be, we trying to compete with them no, no. or, and it's just like an alternative. It's almost like a Premier Squash League or a, a, a whatever. I think any anything that's promoting the game at the moment. I mean, Ziad's like the the chairman of the PSA. He's liked a few of the posts, and I had a conversation with Alex Goff about it. I mean, I don't think that anybody sees it as a direct conflict, and that's certainly well, the intent. I, I guess anything but, that's uh, going to help the players, you know, to keep you know keep things sustainable on the pro tour. Uh, that's going to be of help. Absolutely. And um, I think there, there might be a little bit of a collaboration with England squash at some point. Um, mm -hmm. And they've got, I think they've been using squash TV for one of their events. So uh, watch this space, but hopefully, um, especially if we stay in a sort of lockdown, we may require to play some of the matches in Manchester in the national squash center or something like that. So uh, I think there, there's more yeah, of this I think, going on that, uh, than we know though. I mean, isn't there, uh, I was talking, I had George Parker, uh, on the podcast recently, we had a really great chat, and uh, just uh, one yeah. of the things he mentioned uh, was, you know, he didn't play in in Egypt. He was playing in uh, Italy. He was playing uh, league matches in Italy. No one, you know, no one really knew that. You know, no one knows 
that these matches are going on, except probably uh, that club or the clubs that are involved in, in that. I, I had no idea, really. I mean, I guess people in the know would know, but this, I mean, are there other, obviously maybe there's French League going on uh, as well. Um, so these guys France are just... certainly having some tournaments. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's closed up. Italy's closed up again now. They were... They had to do a, follow a very strict protocol when they went to Italy. They ended up um, having to not even be able to watch each other's matches. They right. certainly had a two or three COVID tests. They had full medicals. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the amount spent on the testing and everything, <laughs> it's a shame it didn't go straight to the players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably yeah. more than the amount amount they paid them. Uh, yeah, so, and that's the problem at the moment is, is it's clearing the facilities, reason uh, soccer or um, some of the other top professional sports are able to keep going is because they're, they're able to afford all the extra and dollars and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely the, uh, the deeper we're, pockets. We're uh, struggling to get afford. signed off at the moment. The apparent climate seems to be getting slightly worse as well in terms certainly You just frozen, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, I lost you there as Is that well. You or uh, me? I'm not sure. Uh, you're, I think we're maybe I'm frozen on your end. You're frozen on my end. But uh, yeah, yeah, yep. we. I've got you there now. There we go. So yeah, yeah we're uh, back. We're back. I'm on full. I've got all the bars. I've got. I've got all the bars. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. We're good. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So these are these are the options that are available now. Uh, I'm just surprised, like, because I know where the pockets are, uh, different pockets, um, especially in North America. We're not really, we don't really hear of much of, uh, of this kind of thing going on, but perhaps it is going on. So have you, um, or has anyone reached out to you from, you know, aside from in England, uh, anywhere else to sort of uh, jumpstart this type of initiative or? Yeah, there was an inquiry from the a couple of inquiries from the states. Um, yeah. One, one little bit, of, but again, it's these guys getting actually getting their act together and get it going. I think there was one yeah. in, um, certainly one in the on the east coast, one down in Florida. Um, we've had interest from New Zealand, Australia, <laughs> Finland. Okay, but various things, yeah. but nothing's actually happened. The, there's a squash club in the north of England, which are going to stage a, a girls' match. Uh, uh, Holly Norton and Millie Tomlinson. Um, okay, yeah. That's Barnes, Barnsley Squash Club, and then looking to do a, a, a men's match. So they've they've taken it on board, and I, hopefully, as I said, Nick Matthews is very interested as well. I mean, yeah, I'd just like to see uh, in my. I'd like to see this publicised a little bit more. I mean, uh, we've got a lot. I think the social media that we have up there now in squash, uh, Twitter's quite yeah. vibrant. Uh, we've got yeah. the. Um, the uh, squash stories there on Facebook, which, uh, you know, yep. everybody's contributing to that. And uh, yeah, it just seems like if we, if we can get these events and publicize them uh, a little bit more then perhaps they can gain more traction. So I guess it's up to the people involved behind the scenes to get the word out and then let the squash community do what it does, which is, yeah. you know, promote it the squash community will promote it yeah the figures the the figures have been good and i would say it's gaining traction rather than losing traction so every everything we're putting on is getting more and more 
views. Well, yours is definitely your your side is definitely gaining traction. <laughs> I, I mean, for the pro, yeah, the the, the uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the pro squash the challenge. Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what, yeah. I'm, what I'm referring to is just other uh, what what else is going on outside of the the pro squash challenge. Maybe yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe because of the the pro squash challenge, we've got these other uh, interests uh, that are popping up that you know suddenly they're they're doing something similar. So yeah, maybe they are, we are gaining a bit of traction in that way. Yeah, but as you say, I, certain things. It's always up to the individual promoters on how they promote it and whether they use squash site and so, or use all, some of these other, other things site. whether they get squash, I'd say TV. squash stories is, is the big one uh, right squash stories is the big one but if you in terms of the numbers that are actually following but you can easily get swamped can't you because you could put a yeah. put a post up on there and it may be endorsed it gets by buried in jamie, some other something ja- else. jamie maddox and and it, you've really yeah. got to pick your timings haven't you i mean you yeah. have with yeah. all this social media stuff but but I think you, get you, know, Jamie, Jamie, you know Jamie pretty well. Like he'll once he gets his teeth yeah. into something, he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll help along. I think. <laughs> oh, he's he's been nothing but helpful. And and to be fair, all the other you know the the other major groups on um, on uh, Facebook and that have been have all been good. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's removed anything. So no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all it has, good. And you can see it does it does get traction. Yeah, and you've got some. I mean, you've what I like about the, the my, challenge my, as well. You've got some good players there. Uh, some young players, up and coming players. Joe, your son, uh, he's in the top thirty now, isn't he in the world? Uh, he has he has been. Both my two have had injuries, right. and stuff, but they're far off that standard. <laughs> yeah. Both. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yeah he just well, he did. So we got all that Daryl, didn't he? Uh, recently, in, in the one-off match, he <laughs> <laughs> beat him in the yes. Joe beat, beat him in the one-off. I mean, Joe was a bit unlucky. He got to the British um, closed final and was doing pretty well. I think he beat Deck James and Waller in tournaments around that period, and then he got forced out of the game for two years with a, a back injury. So. Yeah, yeah. And it, so he's just it, sort of two finding operations. his way back. Yeah. Yeah, I should think he's playing. He's playing certainly as well as he was, and he's he's in great shape at the moment. So, shame there's not a lot to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you you know you keep him keep him motivated, keep the uh, the challenges coming. Get Nick Matthew on the court with him. That'll that'll that, motivate. Now that him, that'll huh? be good. That'll yeah. be good. Sixty yeah. forty split. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. So, what we got to yeah. use some of these social media platforms, as you said. I I think it's a shame if everybody on Squash Stories gave a gave a tenner yeah <laughs> we'd have oh, a, we'd have a massive we'd have a massive uh, prize fund tournament wouldn't we <laughs> yeah i think well I, th- I think there's a lot to uh, i mean there's potential there as we said earlier maybe maybe with a pay-per-view type of uh, approach some someone come along and think think that through a little bit more and uh, flesh that out i i think i i would pay you know 10 or Whatever it is to to watch a, a quote unquote card of of uh, squash matches, you know, wouldn't yeah, wouldn't be in the I same think venue. Quite, there would be quite as long as it was well filmed and everything. I think quite a lot yeah. of people would do that. Obviously, sure. you need uh, you need some type of referee, but uh, the players would have to uh, you know go into the match knowing that it's not not going to be John Mazzarella uh, or video uh, review every time, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you never know. We could, as we build up, we hopefully get that as well. But <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we'll get ex-player. Maybe we'll get famous ex-players refing or something. That might be. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> just for saying, that's the that's the beauty of just doing this off the hoof because we can do what we like, really, can't we? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, the, you know, there's a lot of room for experimentation, like, like the RAM scoring system or whatever uh, scoring system you uh, you have in mind going forward. But, uh, but uh, I've got now that I've got you here, though, Danny, I mean, you had a, a, a career, a pro squash career yourself uh, back in the day. Uh, you played, I think it was during the era, of, uh, the, one of those great, it was the, the Dittmar Khan uh, era during that time uh, if you don't mind uh, if you if you could give, give us a one of a, a classic uh, uh, anecdote of your own having having played uh, against uh, one of those you know superstars back in the day maybe a con or a, you know Nancaro or a, uh, any, anyone like that any oh, class- played, played, played all of those um Nancaro, uh, Nancaro so, intrigues me because I, I always, you know, that uh, that footage of him when he played Khan and Khan was fishing for lets the whole time and he got a cheeky let and he just walked around the perimeter of the court twice. <laughs> yeah, he, he was always prone to doing completely wacky things. Absolutely top bloke, Tristan, though. But yeah, uh, yeah he he's a really, really, really good guy and, and very fair, but a little bit of the McEnroe thing where... Uh, if things didn't quite go right, or if he felt it was unjust, it was much more that he, he, mm. if it was fair, he, he, he was always uh, the first to admit it, but uh, it was, it was when the, when the decisions were so outrageous, you know, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was always great value ever. And he was another one who him and Brett Martin were, used to train together a lot. Never seen anything like it when they trained, they'd, they'd play one, one game and that would be a session at about, about 200 miles an hour. So it was just like, that was that was always a good good value thing. That was just their warm up, and uh, they both invented lots of shots. They both had a lot of deception. Yeah, Tristan. Well, that, that was great about very, Caro. He had so much flair, didn't he? Very unusual mind. Yes, so he'd make late decisions and still do things very skillfully. I mean, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just an inc- incredible talent all around. So uh, yeah, I've, I've played all the Nancaros, Dipmars. Janshed, Jahangir. I mean, I used to train with Janshed day after day after day. He wouldn't let me off the off the court when he was about seventeen and two in the world. Right, and uh, when he when he was just uh, right. bare, barely any uh, fat on as well. He, he was never fat, anyways. But he was just so so thin back then, wasn't he? What what was it like yeah. back then playing the sort of the raw the raw version of, of Janshed? Because he he well, certainly he, he improved his game up quite a bit. He was unbelievable uh, uh, when he was in his prime. I think yeah, there was, you can there was arguably a, the greatest player of all time. So. Well, yes, yeah, between obviously between him and Jahangir, I mean, yeah. and, and somebody like Dittmar on his day, but he just unfortunately couldn't beat them. Yeah, necessarily both in a row and or at the end of at the end of a world championship, which was already too brutal. I mean, however hard he trained, so possibly he was him and Rodney Martin were as good on a one-off, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but un- un- unable to sustain it. I mean, uh, but they were absolutely incredible. The interesting thing with Janshe between 16 and 17, 18, he, he didn't really volley so much um, mm. as, as, a ju- as a really young junior, but when he got a bit older, he, he brought the volleying and he used to 
so he used to train with he used to line me, Danny Mennings, Sohel Kazir, yeah. up it and play us all in all in a row. And then he'd have a <laughs> session with Yazin and, and and Yazin basically taught him to volley. He would he he uh, added and then he was adding that and then that's when he jumped up to two one in the world pretty quickly. Two or one I used to love his uh, he used to play this towards the end of his career, I'm not so not so much earlier, but I used to love his uh, backhand volley return to serve drop. Just put, yeah, put it right yeah. there in the front. Of, yeah. Win the point just about every time. I know it's a it's a they don't really use it much so much now, do they? But it's such no. a contrast to just the the general up and down the wall thing. And probably felt he could cover anything and not much. Oh, just, not much. Talk to about lose. his movement, though. I mean, he it was almost everyone talks about. It. He just seems like he walked around the court. Yeah, he did, and he he's a real a real stroller. He. <laughs> he wouldn't have got half the lets. He, he he had a kind of assumed right to lets, didn't he? There's a lot he of did, the top yeah. guys did. You know, I know the rules better than you. I'm number one in the world, but he and and he got a lot of soft lets. Uh, particularly, I used to love his, would, his, he would, when he'd question the referees. It was just they're priceless. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got some beautiful expressions. As well, yeah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah. Jah was much uh, much more matter of matter of fact i mean he you know he, he was also a, obviously like contender for the greatest of all time as well yeah, isn't he? i mean sure. he's, uh... his game was completely i mean he was just ferocious up there wasn't he just full-on absolutely attacking. ferocious yeah and uh the, he, was, he didn't really say much <laughs> no the, these these guys uh their training regimes were were absolutely brutal as well i mean and it is all down to that they if you can get away with that number of hours and your body holds out, you know, they trained harder than anyone else. I mean, Jancha was doing a massive run in the mornings before he even went on with us. Lot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he'd do his session with Yasin. So that's, that was three hours before that's, I think that's before 12 o'clock. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, that probably, then he probably did something between, else. Uh, our generation today, today's generation of player and the, and the guys back then, I mean, the guys today, uh, it's hard to separate the guys who are, I mean, you've got a super, super strong fit guy like Paul Cole, who obviously, you know, we see what work he puts into it, but you know, most of the guys are doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's probably why you've got a more, more level playing field in that, in that respect. And everybody knows what to do now, don't they? I mean, there's so much Back more, then it was, there's there so was much more advice. Secrets, weren't there? Oh yeah, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of little little petty rivalries and Jancher did his training even. in the mountains <laughs> in Peshawar. Yeah. Well, they I think they all they they all used to a bit. There was, there was no Joni used to go and do his altitude training in uh, Kenya, as well, famously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there was there was always a lot of that, and you and Jahangir, you've got there's a film. There's certainly film footage of him running in mountains as, yeah. <laughs> as well. I mean, it was it was quite seasonal as well. They were able to. Um, Jahangir was interesting. His body shape used to change as the year, depending on the type of training he was oh, he really? was doing. You know, even the legs are not just. He was probably quite quite thin at the start of the year, was he, and grew stronger as the year went on, or. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I can't even necessarily remember which way. No, I think it was possibly the other way around. During the training, maybe he he would he would bulk up a bit, and then the, the, oh, just the, okay. the sheer kind of um, 
the kind of abrasiveness of squash and the uh, the way it just sucks it out of you. You know, you'd almost like tone he tone tone up for squash and and slim down a bit when he when he was playing the the major events in a row. You know, so <laughs> yeah. But uh, he was he was a phenomenal. Thing. But Dan, before you go, though, I just wanted to ask: uh, Did you miss? Uh, did you miss putting on the uh, the channel vests? Uh, and how how are you know what um, what, what yes, terribly like in that regard? I, I guess it's all it's everything's unknown right now. But uh, what did it feel like not to uh, to have that event uh, this year? Yeah, we were very sad. There was a there was a sort of glimmering when because um, Basim Hayde. Uh, was approached uh, to hold it still um, under those conditions. And he was up for a slightly reduced prize fund, but he was up for it. But it was, again, getting the venue signed off and it was slightly short notice. And it was just the general uncertainty that uh, put a halt to it this year. I mean, uh, it may not have been at St. George's again, because that, that might've been quite difficult because of the um, the lockdown and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I think Bass is still very, very interesting. I mean, he plays he plays a lot of a lot of squash, and he absolutely loves He's the game. Actually, He's a, a, a colleague of mine uh, is very good friend. A colleague of mine here in the UAE, I play with, uh, play squash. Right. But he's very he's like best friends. They went to boarding school together, so uh, ah. I might I may get to meet uh, meet him in the near future. Uh, my friend mentioned that uh, he wants to wants us all to play. So hopefully, oh well, he's he's always up he's always up for a. A challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll give him a little Canadian. Uh... He's actually he's playing. Yeah, he plays. He plays quite well for somebody who hasn't played for 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 that long. He's quite competitive. He's deceptively quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of when uh, Ziad started. Ziad El Turkey, the chairman of the PSA, started to play and got got really into it. And yeah. Ended up playing playing fairly decently. I mean, it's like. It's great when these guys get get enthused, and that's it's from that enthusiasm and passion that they put something back into the game they love, and that's that's always been a wonderful thing. So he he sponsors uh, the Shrebaggies as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's that's obviously works for him because the core of his business has been in Africa, and obviously he, he first when he first sponsored them, he, he within a. Within a few months, I think he had uh, Marwan and Mohammed in the world final against each other. So, yeah, exactly. Speaking of Marwan, I mean, uh, just uh, you know, the 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 squash season. Uh, I thought of, of the you know we had three very good events. We only had three there at the end of the year, but uh, all three were excellent uh, in my estimation. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Marwan there had a, a ban or something. Did you uh, did, do you know much about uh, that situation? Uh, and then nothing. I, 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 <laughs> I, don't know. Nothing. No, I don't really know anything about it. No. <laughs> How's that for diplomatic answer? There we go. Yeah. I know no, I mean, I, I can read between the lines. I mean, uh, we all saw the image of, uh, of uh, Marwan. How many podcasts are you going to have to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The, 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 uh, but I mean, we did see, uh, I did see the image of the, of Marwan and uh, Lee Beachel glaring at each other, right? Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw that picture. It was after one of the events or something. And obviously, Marwan was not happy about something. And uh, obviously, he's got a bit of a, 
ax to grind maybe with what happened uh, previously. So uh, to him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously there's something not right there. But I mean, I, I didn't see, yeah, okay, maybe he was upset. He said something to someone after a match. But you see uh, what's going on in tennis. I mean, you see these guys in tennis. They just, on squash stories the other day, someone posted a video of one of these tennis players just smashing his racket to pieces on the court. Bang, bang. You know, you've probably seen it yourself, right? Not, I mean, he, he might have got, got a slap on the wrist for that, Danny. In well, squash, the thing is, if he gets, if he gets a, a year. <laughs> yeah, if he gets a thousand pound fine in tennis, it's absolutely nothing. But yeah. the, the fines are quite punitive in, in squash. I mean, the jury's out about whether, how much these guys should <laughs> should be allowed to do and, and shows of temperament. And, they don't do anything. No. I mean, no, they, they, I they, they, you hear a guy, uh, a guy like uh, I don't know who it is. They they turn around and start chirping at the referee, and then suddenly that that becomes a thing. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah. You look back at the history of the at... game. I mean, some of these guys like Nancaro, uh, Jonathan yeah, yeah. Power, uh, David Palmer. Those guys would go ballistic. But people would create. I mean. People told me they created arguments to give themselves a rest, and refs weren't picking that up, and that's that was really infuriating. I mean, yeah. interestingly, Char Charlie's got a potential new sponsor who wants to sponsor him because he doesn't tolerate any of that lip and right, right, okay, <laughs> any any of that stuff. So you got contrasting things. So there's yeah. a guy well, putting I mean, money that, into, that's just the putting money into sport, the isn't it? Though I mean, uh, yeah, some people like it. Some people love McEnroe. Some people love Borg. Uh, but that's the beauty yeah. of, you know, the, the contrast and styles. But if you try to take one part of that out, I, I really think, you know, I like watching Marwan play. Sometimes, you know, he, he's aggressive. Yeah. He's got a bit of an attitude, uh, you know, and that, that works for him. But if you take that away from him, you're taking his game away from him, you know? Absolutely. And he's uh, on his, again, on his day, he's, constructively he play, he's one of the best players in the world isn't he but yeah. you know his ball controls fantastic his tactics are, are generally really quite good uh yeah. he could he's got he's got a lot a lot going for him hasn't he i mean absolutely absolutely yeah, uh, yeah but I, i'm all for all different characters we don't want to we don't want to cut all the characters out of the game but it you know there has to be the refs have to cut down at a certain point because it starts to favor one player more than mm more than the other I mean I, I yeah. once when I was I'm, I've got a very early memory of caddying for a guy called Oni Perun in a in a pro-am golf tournament I was about 13 14 and he'd lost to Ili Nastasi at Wimbledon the day before and he was moaning the whole way around about Nastasi and he said it's just <laughs> impossible it was just impossible because he yeah he got away with so much distractive stuff and, and I yeah. think I think Oni had lost like seven six or it might have been eight six in the eight six eight six eight six or something like that in those days. It was so yeah. close, and he just <laughs> yeah. No, I he remember just, uh, he just said it was, it, a, it was a few years ago. Um, not a few years. Well, it was nineteen ninety eight. Uh, the Hong Kong Open semi is yeah Hong Kong Open semi final between Power Ooh, and again. yeah it was the, the Hong Kong Open semi final between Power and Park. I think it was nineteen ninety eight, and they interviewed. Park after the match, and he just went on to say, uh, "You know, I, I couldn't concentrate, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't play. Uh, 
Howard's just moaning, and with all his theatrics, I couldn't uh, get on with the match. Yeah. And sometimes you're, you, it's hard to check your emotions, isn't it? I mean, I, I found it very hard to play if I wasn't fired up. Mm. You know, and it's just getting that balance, isn't it? And sometimes the overexcitement, some people yeah. would say that, oh, that's ridiculous behavior, but there might be, yeah, there I mean, might be I mean, there is helping a, you get in the zone. <laughs> yeah, there is, I mean, there's definitely got to be a, a point where you, you know, you don't cross that, that point. But, you know, I haven't seen anywhere close to anything terribly egregious in that regard by any player for the longest time. Uh, I, you know, guys get a little chirpy, they get a bit of an attitude or, you know, they get a bit whiny with their voice maybe, but yeah, come on, you got to have thick skin if you're a referee, you just. Yeah. It's an interesting thing in squash because tennis and possibly even golf, you can, you can get rid of your anger and then get focused again for the next point. By the time you've got rid of your anger in, in squash, it's halfway through the next point. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just that quickness. And it, it becomes mental, doesn't it? To yeah. let, let into the next rally. Uh, so, whereas in tennis, you can regroup, you can bounce the ball 30 times and, and then serve. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, no, and you've, you've got lost, you've lost that anger. And that ability McEnroe had to... So McEnroe was literally like a kettle letting off steam, wasn't he? And then he and then he refocused, and he was all right again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Danny, opening uh, and opening and closing concentration. Well, uh, Danny, uh, just want to say uh, on behalf of the squash community, thanks so much for the initiative that was began with the Pro Squash Challenge, and then uh, what's been uh, you know what what's been going on in terms of its growth. Uh, hopefully it'll continue to grow uh, globally, uh, you know, uh, and I'm going to promote it here on, on this little uh, podcast, every chance I can get. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for that and all the best with, with that uh, going forward and also happy new year. And happy new year to you, Jerry. And thanks for all you do for the, the game. I mean, without all these people helping promote it, and the game will be nothing and uh, every little helps it's up to everybody to get stuck in and share and uh, everybody enjoys what you do yeah and uh, look okay. forward to speaking again soon absolutely maybe, maybe next time we can get you to to play one of your latest tracks on, on the, the podcast one of your latest tunes i was gonna yeah. ask you uh, to do it this time but i figured you know we better pay closer attention to the world uh, to the pro squash challenge but next time uh, maybe we get the guitar out. I, I can break mine out too. I don't play as well as you do, but uh, <laughs> we could do it with a Neil Young. Uh, I can play some oh, abs- absolutely. <laughs> little heart of gold. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you get your harmonica. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> there you go. Get the harp, get the We're thing all hooked up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Danny, take care. Good to okay. see you. Happy New Year. Thanks, Jerry. All Cheers, the best. Buddy. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was fantastic. Many thanks to Danny Lee for that, and uh, really definitely looking forward to his third visit. Uh, hopefully we'll, he'll uh, bring his guitar along. I don't know if you've seen any of his uh, YouTube uh, stuff of his band. Uh, he's very, very good, very talented uh, singer-songwriter, I believe, and uh, would love to have him play uh, 
uh, one of his uh, hits uh, on the podcast or one, uh, one of his new releases. He's always, uh, I think, uh, putting uh, out new stuff. So uh, hopefully next time we'll get to uh, get Danny on the pod with the uh, guitar. I'm not sure if I'll be accompanying him or not. Uh, once he you know, gets the taste of uh, my, uh, my guitar playing, he might uh, want to rethink that. But uh, at any rate, uh, really enjoyed uh, speaking to Danny today. And we've got another one I think uh, I'm going to be speaking tomorrow to uh, Active Scout, uh, Active Scout's Rob Eberhardt. He's finally going to make his podcast debut tomorrow. And he's going to lay out what that app, Active Scout, is all about and how it can help uh, clubs and help us grow the game. So he'll be on uh, this week as well. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Please give us a shout out on um on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, the Instagram. I'm on there now. Uh, give us a shout out. Uh, give us a like. Uh, share this with all of uh, the people in your squash community. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for all your support. Again, happy 2021, everybody. 2020 is behind us. Things can only get better. Uh, all the best to all of you. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye now. <laughs>